cardigan. <laughs> Advance Auto Parts. We know everything about auto parts. Order online at advanceautoparts.com and pick up your order in store in just 30 minutes. You don't need more sports, but you want more sports. Rockstar Satellite can fix that with free next-day installation on DirecTV. Call Rockstar Satellite, 515-262-STAR. Call today for next-day installation, 515-262-STAR. 1700-KBGG, Des Moines. Accumulus Station, big news, big talk, and big sports. This is Jim Rome with the CBS Sports Minute. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban wanted Tony Romo to play last night. In fact, he went as far as to tell NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, I'm going to do it. Well, Silver didn't like it and said that the contract that Cuban wanted to give Romo would not be honored, so that didn't happen. Not only do I not have a problem with them rolling out the red carpet for Tony Romo, I wouldn't have had a problem with him actually playing last night. One non-playoff team playing another non-playoff team in a final home game of the year isn't going to hurt anyone. And say this nonsense about how he's taking away a spot from a more deserving player. From who? Some D-leaguer you've never heard of and don't care about. Nor is it disrespecting the game or making a mockery of it. Trust me, Romo is no more embarrassing than all that. And really, to me, not embarrassing at all. Let him play. I'm Jim Rome. Today, there are over 47 million Ford vehicles on the road, rolling on over 188 million tires. That's a lot of rubber to trust to anyone other than the hardworking specialist at Ford Service. No one knows your Ford better than Ford and Ford Service. Get a $140 rebate by mail on four select tires when you use the Ford Service credit card at the Big Tire event. Subject to credit approval, rebate by prepaid debit card. Other tire manufacturer rebate or offer cannot be combined with Ford Service credit card rebate or offer. See your participating Ford dealer for details through 63017. Hey guys, it's Tiki Barber, and I'm here to tell you about M-Drive, a supplement I take every day that helps boost natural tea levels and increase overall performance, including strength, endurance, energy, vitality, I like that one, and recovery. M-Drive Elite with five clinically tested ingredients helps me crush my daily regimen. M-Drive has a product just for you, and it's available at Walgreens, Vitamin Shop, and GNC, or go to mdrivepower.com. That's mdrivepower.com. Use the promo code SPORT, and you will receive 25% off your purchase today. This program is sponsored by TC Sports on 1700 KBGG. Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. All right, everybody, we continue to roll all the way till 3 o'clock today. Uh, it's always fun when he takes time to come on the show, B.J. Rydell, Vikings territory. Uh, we'll do some NFL with him and, and of course, uh, concentrate on the Vikes. That's his main beat. He comes to us on the Draft House 50 hotline, Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. B.J., how are you, man? I'm great. How are you doing today? We're doing terrific. Uh, so what are the Vikings doing? I'm just kind of curious. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's already laughing. Okay, I'm not even going to ask you a question then. Tell me what they're doing. Well, here's the thing. I'm laughing at the fact that, uh, you know, you're wondering what they're doing. I think a lot of people are probably wondering what the Vikings are doing. And part of that is kind of inherent to the situation, right? You know, you're sitting at pick number 48. You're drafting, you know, behind 47 teams. A lot can happen within that time period. And, you know, they can plan. They can get, you know, their, get their big board together. But who knows what's going to fall into their lap? Who knows who's going to be there? 
So, you know, what are the Vikings actually doing? I mean, they're certainly, you know, checking off their running back list, making sure to hit on all of their guys. You know, they're going well in depth with guys like Joe Mixon, who, you know, obviously superior talent, and we don't need to even talk about the character issues there. You know, uh, Malik McDowell, another guy that could fly that has some, you know, concerns about his motor. Um, and then, obviously, the number one concern that every single Vikings fan has been screaming for months is the offensive line. Anywhere from, you know, Dan Feeney, Forrest Lamp, Deion Dawkins, you know, Pat Elfline. Really, it depends on the Vikings fan who you ask, but I think, at the end of the day, none of us actually know the answer to that question. Well, without the first-round draft pick and a lot of moving that always happens in that opening night, are we going to see the Vikings make a phone call or two? Do you think the Spielman and company, they're content sitting there in the second round and just waiting for that first selection to come by? You know, that's, that's an interesting question because Rick Spielman has that history of, you know, trading, uh, especially into the first round. He's gone do it three times a couple years back here. Um, didn't work out so well. Um, he's, you know, got a tendency to move around and be on the phone quite a bit. But in this scenario, I feel like he needs to – uh, he needs to hit on his pick at 48. I think he knows that. I feel like he knows that he's a fairly complete roster. And with, you know, a couple of good picks in the second round and the third round, sure up a couple of holes, um, you can complete the roster without adding the extra picks that he has in the past. The one thing I won't leave out, though, is what he did last year um, in trading with Miami when he, you know, traded his, th- I believe, the third-round pick to get the third-rounder this year and the fourth-rounder this year. Just, you know, adding to the surplus of the 2018 class of draft picks that he'll have. Now, that's really the only way that I see him making a move here. I have, you know, I would put a very, very low percentage of him making a move to get in the first round. That would require far too many resources, and I just don't see it happening. I think they're fairly content with what they're seeing, you know, develop over the course of this draft season. And what's going to be there at 48, I think they're pretty comfortable with a number of different guys. So I would assume that there will be no trading up, trading back, or to gather more resources for the future. I'm not going to put it past uh, trade direction. B.J. Rydell is our guest, Vikings territory on the Draft House 50 hotline. What's the uh, injury status now? Uh, and and I, I think everybody felt bad for Teddy Bridgewater, but what is his status now? You, you keep asking me all these questions and nobody has an answer. Well, that's why we put you on the show. That's why you're a, high, you're a highly paid analyst. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'll do my best once again to answer that. Um, you know, the update on Teddy Bridgewater is that he's moving around. He's putting some weight on that knee. Uh, you, the only real proof of that is the videos that he's put up. So take what you want from a five-second video clip. I personally don't take a whole lot away from that. Um, the best thing is that he's, you know, improving. It certainly seems like he's throwing the football around. Um, he's still in high spirits. Um, just as a whole, nobody knows the answer. Nobody has a timetable. I mean, if the world-renowned surgeons have no idea when his when he re- will return to the NFL, if he will return to the NFL, um, I can't place a date for you or anything like that. But it certainly seems like he continues to improve. And it certainly seems like he's, you know, on track to get back to the NFL at some point. I would doubt it would be in 2017. And if he does happen to return in 2017, I don't see him playing. Because if he, you know, hypothetically, if he were to return in, say, week six, I don't think that he'd turn the keys over to Teddy Bridgewater with Sam Bradford kind of already starting to get into a groove. Mm-hmm. I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense. 
but so I think the earliest you're going to see Teddy Bridgewater on the field for the Vikings would be 2018. Um, but at the same time, again, I have absolutely no idea what uh, what the parameters set for his injury timetable. Yeah, it's uh, such an interesting perspective yeah. of what's going to happen there, and. And just all going back to that day in the summer when when the news was breaking and and the right. reports from the people that saw it, uh, I know even people that aren't Vikings fans very hopeful that he can come back and and be the guy that showed so much promise there during his rookie season. Mm-hmm. Well, the quarterback position it will be uh, it'll be Bradford if it's not Bridgewater. We know that this season, but it didn't matter who was back behind center. They had to fix the offensive line. The draft is still upcoming. Sure. You know there's going to be at least one, if not two or three guys they're going to be targeting there. Uh, tell us your thoughts, though, on the two guys that they got via free agency. Riley Reef, the guy from here in Iowa, and also Mike Remmers. Your thoughts on those guys and how they fit in. All right, so Riley Reef, I think that, that poses the, the greatest upgrade to this offensive line. And the number one reason why I say that is because he's still a fairly young player. He's entering his second contract. I think that... Uh, most people would say that he didn't necessarily live up to the hype of being a high draft pick in Detroit. He played fairly well and he was fairly consistent, but he didn't dominate by any means. There's a reason why you know the Lions didn't overpay to keep him in Detroit. You know, solidify that that back uh, that backside of their uh, Stafford uh, foreseeable future here. Um, at the same time, he's got years to grow. He still, I think, that potential in itself is a major upgrade to the Vikings. Um, just that stability, he's been very, you know, healthy, um, consistent, and the Vikings have kind of had that over, over the course of last season, obviously it was a complete disaster, um, that, that door opening and shutting on offensive tackles, especially on the blind side for Sam Bradford, who, as we all know, is Ken has a tendency to get injured himself. Um, it's just great for the Vikings and for Sam Bradford and for this offense to get some stability at the left side, so... He's not a, a world-beater by any means, but I like his upside. I like his ability to make the most out of his second contract in the NFL. I think he's certainly an upgrade to Matt Khalil. If, if not on a scale, at least on a stability scale, what you can expect from him on a week-to-week basis. I think Matt Khalil kind of is up in the air at this point with the, you know, the injury history, whatever has been going on behind the scenes with him. Um, I think that's definitely an upgrade for the, the left tackle spot. On the right side, Mike Remmers is a little bit more uh, questionable, I would say. I think the Vikings got good value. Um, it's, hard, it's difficult to get a starting bookend for an average annual salary of around $6 million. Um, I think they did a nice job shoring up that spot from what it was last season. Again, it's, it's a work in progress, but as a whole, you know, this Vikings offensive line, particularly those offensive tackle spots, cannot be much worse than they were last year. I would expect significant improvement simply because of how poor they played last season versus just playing if they for production from those two guys uh you know it's going to be a huge upgrade to what sam bradford was working with last season okay but because of that and where the vikings are selecting so late now in the draft it appears that it is not what the scouts are saying is a great offensive lineman draft. Are you good, right. are you good with that? Do you understand that? Yeah, you know, uh, I think that the, this class of offensive linemen has some potential studs. I think that a lot of them have flaws as well. Garrett Bowles from Utah, for example, he's going to be entering the league at 25 years old. That's not exactly ideal. I really like Ryan Ramchick from Wisconsin. I expect both those guys to be off the board well before the Vikings draft. Um, Dan Feeney from Indiana, I think that he is a potential stud um, for the foreseeable future at offensive guard. 
that just t- tends to be a position that isn't drafted very highly. I mean, obviously there are the cases where you know, the Cowboys and some teams in the past have spent you know high draft picks to, you know, to get these premier interior offensive linemen. But in general, you can get a very quality guard or center in the second, third, fourth, possibly even the fifth round. Um, so Dan Feeney from Indiana is one guy. Forrest Lamp is another guy that has you know, shot up boards out of Western Kentucky. That's a guy that you know, I think that he actually has a little bit more mobility with, on the offensive line. I think that he could play the right guard spot. I think that he actually has the potential to become an offensive tackle. I'm not saying that's you know, great potential, but it's more potential than, for example, Dan Feeney does to play that position. I also like Deion Dawkins out of Temple. And then, uh, you know, there, there are plenty of these interior offensive linemen that I would consider to be starting quality players that you can plug and play immediately. Um, but as a whole, like you said, the class is not great. Uh, it, and part of that is because there isn't your guaranteed stud left tackle, blindside protector, you know, the guys that we've seen in the past, like the Tyrone Smiths of the world that have came out where you just know this guy is going to be an absolute stud for your team for eight, ten years. Um, there isn't a guy in this class, but there are some guys that have very good potential, and that kind of works the Vikings' favor because they are sticking so low. Uh, let's jump away from the Vikings for a moment, BJ. You uh, have done a lot in the past with the NFC North as a whole. As you look at the offseason for the Packers, the Bears, the Lions, uh, some things that you like, some things maybe that you left shaking your head. I think the whole Bears offseason is leaving a lot of people, <laughs> myself included, shaking their head. But your uh, thoughts just overall on the rest of the NFC North? I thought the, uh, the Lions did a very good job this offseason upgrading around Matthew Stafford, you know, fortifying that offensive line. I think T.J. Lang was a huge get. Uh, that's a guy that, you know, just a mauler, very intense player. I like his personality mixed with uh, Matthew Stafford being that confident leader and, you know, passionate persona within the huddle. I, I like that mix there. Um, I also think they did a good job of, you know, uh, replacing Riley Reef with uh, – Ricky Wagner, who, you know, I think that's another guy that has very high potential, um, maybe a little bit overvalued on the open market this year because of kind of what the tackle free agent class looked like. Uh, but as a whole, I, I like what Detroit did a lot. Um, Ted Thompson continues to just completely ignore free agency um, for the most part. I do think that Martellus Bennett was a great grab. You know, if he's going to make one pickup, uh, that's not a bad one to get your uh, – your, uh, otherworldly signal caller, another big threat to go over the middle and create mismatches for, I don't know, teams like the Vikings who struggle at covering tight ends, for example. Um, and that leaves us with your Bears. Uh, I think the quarterback uh, signing was a little bit questionable. I think that there's a lot of skepticism there from you know fans to analysts alike. Um, you know, I think the, that the Bears are certainly trying to do something with that secondary. They put a lot of capital into the cornerback position. There certainly is room to improve there. Um, I just don't. I think it's a process with the Bears, and so a lot of that, you know, the move that they made, um, they may not look great now, but possibly combined with a couple draft picks and maybe another free agent class and maybe another class of draft, uh, another draft class, um, it might look like a more, uh, it might look like a better overall free agent period for the Chicago Bears. But the one that really has me shaking my head is the quarterback position. Um, I kind of expected Jay Cutler to be to go, but I did not see, um, you know, them not seeming to lean quarterback in the draft at three. 
and then also just kind of picking up a very uh, run-of-the-mill quarterback that's not going to be a franchise signal caller by any means. And Mike Glennon, you're right about that. Right. Uh, are you surprised that former Viking Adrian Peterson has not found a home yet? No, I'm not. Uh, I was actually, uh, you know, I thought that the Vikings uh, kind of milked uh, Adrian Peterson for everything that ha- he had. Uh, I think last season he showed that he, you know, has regressed to the point where um, he's not really uh, – this he doesn't fit with the contemporary NFL offense. He can't catch the ball in the backfield. can't pass block. When you're not a, when you're not a three-down back in this league with guys running around now that are, you know, pass protecting with high efficiency, guys that are catching the ball, guys that are running it up the gut with no, no issue, um, and you're not 31 years old and set to make $18 million, I think that makes a whole lot of sense for the Vikings to move forward. And then his asking price in the open market I thought was pretty absurd given all the circumstances that I just laid out for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I thought the Patriots was probably his best bet, assuming he was willing to take a pay cut there, uh, simply because he could kind of replace that LeGarrette Blunt role that they used last season, basically being a short yardage guy and um, a guy to chew up the clock and control the time of possession with obviously Tom Brady leading the, leading the charge as opposed to the way the Vikings have used Adrian Peterson in the past. Um, just as a whole, you know, I think he's too old. I think he's obsolete to some degree. And I think it's kind of a lot of his value is based more off what he has done in the past and not what he can do in the future. So, no, I'm not really that surprised that he's still out in the open market. All right, then let me follow up with this one. Oklahoma, Joe Mixon. Is he, is he on the Vikings draft board, or has he been taken off? I think he's absolutely on their draft board. Um, you know, that, uh, that answer probably doesn't resonate too well with a lot of fans, and whether it's you know, an NFL fan or a Vikings fan. Um, Mixon is obviously a very uh, interesting circumstance. Obviously, everyone knows exactly what happened. The character issues are out for everyone to see. Um, the Vikings have put a whole lot of time into psychologically examining this guy. You know, Mike Zimmer left Oklahoma's Pro Day with him to work with him one-on-one personally, get to know him a little bit. Um, the Vikings have spent a whole lot of time working with this guy to kind of iron out where he is at and if he has, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the term moved on from the situation, but became a better person, um, kind of uh, turned that huge negative in his life into something that he can build off of mm-hmm. and really improve his character as a whole. Um, so I think for that reason, assuming that the Vikings have gotten the results that they've wanted um, and that you, know, that you would hope for from this young man, uh, and that the buzzes that Mike Zimmer did very like him, did, did like him quite a bit uh, when they spoke and worked together, uh, I think that's, you know, that's enough reason to keep him on the draft board, whether he is the pick at 48, 73, or 79. Um, I, I guess that kind of remains to be seen. Um, the one thing I will say is, Going from Adrian Peterson to Joe Mixon, yeah. uh, just kind of trading off the kind of the character concerns, off-field issues, just mm-hmm. the guys that get in the news for the wrong reason at the running back position. Uh, that's not a. That's certainly not going to create um, an ideal situation for the Vikings, especially with a coach like Mike Zimmer, who is very character-oriented and you know expects a lot from his players um, from a personal standpoint. Uh, so that's the one thing one reason I would say that he's probably not there, but people keep talking. Um, the buzz keeps continues to flow in, being that uh, the Vikings like him, and you know they're doing their homework. So I would assume he absolutely is on the draft board. Couldn't they? Couldn't they just go with the with the line? I suppose. Hey, look, he's a terrific football player. 
Uh, he's apologized over and over. He's been contrite. We're going to give him a second chance. If it doesn't work, he's gone. Uh, can they could they sell that if they did? Back one final time here, Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker seventeen hundred live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios as we put a cap on things here, Jimmy B. Yo. We got a, a little extra here as our, our buddy Nick has joined the studio. So he's going to be talking with us, uh, going through a different things. He's an NBA fan. You know, he's that younger demographic that we're right. trying to hit. Yes, that we always talk to, right. and, which is cool because he loves our show. Of course, we pay him to say that. But, no, but you, he, you might. Well, <laughs> I don't got money to be paying people for that. How you doing, Nick? It's good to see you, pal. Good to see you guys. How you been? Well, it's, listen, when you're 92, it's just good to be seen. Period. Trust me, <laughs> I'm good with that. So, uh, so what? Now, let's see. You're at uh, DMAC, correct? Okay. Are they treating you well? Are you getting good grades? I am getting good grades. Absolutely. His, his mom tells me about it all the time. Oh, you get it, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. not only is the dude a good athlete, but he's also smart? Absolutely. I hate those guys. And not his way to Bradley. He yeah, that's right, yeah. A few months away. Yeah, moving in July. So I just uh, registered for classes the other day. Uh-huh. Uh, almost all of them have the word sports in them somewhere. <laughs> See, so. there's a smart guy. Yeah, yeah. Should, should be a nice little class load for me. I'm excited for the transition and really excited to be in Illinois. So. Yeah, that'll be uh, fun. I'm excited to come over and Uncle Trent can come over. and Yeah, and, hang. And, and, yeah, maybe a Bradley U and I basketball game. Ooh, might that be could be future. fun. Yeah. 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 No more Wichita, unfortunately. No no more Wichita. I was really looking forward to seeing them a couple times. Yep. But. How do you feel about that, now going to Bradley and knowing that the monster is gone? It's an interesting move, I think. You know, Wichita definitely was kind of the cream of the crop in that conference, and I, I know a move was pretty inevitable, at least from the sounds of it. And, uh, yeah, I think it'll balance things out a little bit. Mm-hmm. However, I... As far as my fandom goes, I don't know how well it bodes for Bradley. They've been pretty much a bottom dweller for the last few years. However, they did improve quite a bit this year. Um, but, yeah, who knows? Hey, they we'll beat, see. They beat Drake. Well, oh, wait. That's, that's they they all did. That's, yeah, that's I forgot about that. Yeah. That one. Mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of different candidates that we've talked about. I threw out a crazy one yesterday. Grand Canyon University. You saw them during the Final Four, that student section. You know, they average almost 7,000 yeah. a game. It's a big market. Yep. They've traveled in the past. Back in the 70s, New Mexico State was in the conference. So logistically, I think it could happen. If you're looking to a basketball program that can help and has a big upside going forward. Right. Valparaiso's nice. Yes. You know, Murray State in the past has been good. Yeah. Belmont, those kind of programs. Right. But you're talking about real upside here. Now, is it long-standing stability there? Probably not. But at the very least, you bring in a basketball brand that has a chance to grow where the other you know, big cities that are thrown out in Nebraska, Omaha, Missouri, Kansas City, those programs, they just frankly haven't been good. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, we want to get a market. Well, they're a market that doesn't care about it. I think if you're looking for a brand and something and where people actually care about the game, Look down at Phoenix. I'll just remind you, the Big Ten went and got Rutgers. Nobody gives two poops about Rutgers where they are. But that's because of television. Well, we know that, yes. Right, and this is, and not, this is not TV. This is not TV. It has nothing to do with it. Right, TV. the TV money is very, very <laughs> yes, low it for is. the NBC. So yeah. those are, you're comparing not apples and oranges. No. Right? 
your uh-huh. apples and uh, grapes. No, no, not, not even, even that. Not no a- <laughs> apples and hammers. I mean, it's not even two things in the, in the same realm when you're talking about the difference of a Big Ten expansion versus the MVC. No, but, I know that, but my point is, is that nobody cares at all about Rutgers or had their fans travel or anything. It right. was it was a money grab. We all know that. It was all about TV. Yes. It was about getting the Big Ten so, network in New York yep, and New Jersey. You got it. So will this be a case then if you're if you're a fan, which you're going to be here pretty soon, Nick, is this going to be a case where you feel like the Valley Conference is now really a second tier mid major? You know, I think they've been looked at that way even with Wichita being in there. I know last year, specifically with the NCAA tournament, they were talking about, you know, that Wichita or whomever it may be, Illinois State, getting the automatic bid. But that's it. And that there's still emphasis on the fact that they are a mid-major conference. Sure, the loss of Wichita may, you know, get rid of a true contender in something like the NCAA tournament. But I'm not sure that they were ever looked at as anything more. So I don't know that that necessarily losing Wichita State necessarily changes that status, but there just may be a little bit more emphasis on it now. Going to be more difficult for a program like you and I that we've seen put together some great seasons. Yes. Now, in each one of those, they won, ended up winning the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, but they've had two other years where they made it as a large team, and both those years, their records weren't that great. One year they were 21-10, and 10, the other one I think 23-8, and 8, something mm-hmm. like that. It's not like they were thirty-one and two. No, no, you know, yeah. And then what we basically saw out of Wichita this year, and and we saw out of Illinois State. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens there going forward, and and what this uh, conference as a whole is looked at going to twelve, going to ten, whatever it may happen. But at the very least, I'll make my way over to uh, Peoria. Peoria, yeah, Peoria. beautiful, beautiful Peoria. That's it. Okay, uh, let's. Uh, you're a big NBA guy, correct? Uh, and Trent, about this time of the year, starts to lock in on the NBA. He likes the T Wolves. They're a young, exciting team. Got beat uh, last night by Oladipo at the buzzer, mm-hmm. and lost by a bucket at home. Last uh, last game for them this season. But with what we are seeing right now where you have teams that are vying for playoff spots. And here's my point that I'm going to get to. As a fan, Nick, which you are, you're going to get the Chicago Bulls tonight win, and they're in the playoffs. They're going to play the New Jersey, no, they're not New Jersey, the Brooklyn Nets. (laughs) The Brooklyn Nets, they're not even sending their starting five guys. The Nets are awful. Why would you not have at least your... Players play out in the final game, and so it's now an opportunity for Chicago to pretty much walk away and get a W and end up getting into the playoffs without really even having to play against the so-called top players for the Nets. As a fan, how does that sit with you? It's an interesting trend. I I, I mean, not sending the starting five, I Mm -hmm. think, is a huge exaggeration of it, but it is a trend. You see guys like... You know, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving sitting out. Now it, it used to be termed as just rest, but now right. they're kind of making up injuries to, to almost say like, Hey, this is okay. They're not feeling the best today. Right. Um, but it, it's not fun to watch the NBA. 
is entertainment. It you is. know, I, I go, I, I try to get up to Minneapolis once a year to, to see the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done that now for the last three years. Maybe, and, maybe your uncle can uh, get tickets. <laughs> he knows people there. I used to. Yeah. My buddy Rustad used to work in the ticket office. Yeah, there you yeah. go. See? But not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> He's lost his connection. But yeah, those yeah. games are just so much different. I mean, they're, the entertainment value, it, it's almost like a concert more than a sporting event. They, there's just as much emphasis on the product as, you know, what it's sold to be in this basketball game. There's and, just as much emphasis as, yeah, the entertainment yeah. factor. And, um, you know, if you take away half of that by not playing the players that people come to see and mm-hmm. want to see, you, it's so hard to sell those tickets. Yeah. And there are the tickets, the NBA tickets are, are so expensive. They are, and they're sold out. Cleveland, exactly. so you can't get a ticket to a Cavs game. They're right. sold out. So they, from that aspect, they don't care. The other issue is, and this is taking place tonight as well, Milwaukee is on the road at Boston. If Boston wins, they clinch the top seed in the East, mm-hmm. and Milwaukee's not sending their top players. They're, they're locked they're, into their spot. They're locked in at number six. Playoffs, yeah, right? yeah, they're yeah they're going to arrest them. But do you have a problem with it? I, I, at this I, point, don't, I don't. I don't have a problem with with because I understand what coaches and and, and yeah. front office is doing. I feel bad just for what Nick said. I feel bad for the fan. Because they've paid a lot well, of money. Did you pay a lot of money to see Brooklyn come to town? Did you pay a lot of money? No, I wouldn't do that. Now, Milwaukee's different with the Greek Freak. Yes, it, Giannis yes. is fun to watch. But the people that bought those tickets at the time probably didn't know what he was going to turn into and morph into and what he's become this year. I, I agree with I, that. I don't think there's thousands of people that were paying top-shelf prices because mm-hmm. the Bucks are coming to town. Mm-hmm. Hey? But when you're talking about more in the regular season, plus at the end of the year, you know these things can happen. I mean, yes. just look at the NFL. It yeah. happens the same it, way. It did. Where guys don't play at the end of the regular but, season. But did you see what the NFL did this past season? They changed, and everybody had to play division games right, for still, games 16 and 17. But they still, in the grand scheme of they things, can. they might not matter. That's correct. And it's going to continue to happen that yeah. way. So regardless of how it happens, the end of the season, that's just kind of the way that things go. Even on a 16-game schedule the mm-hmm. NFL, you're going to have things locked up, and you're going to have guys resting. The bigger issue, though, is not the reg- end of the regular season. It's what happens in the middle of the year. And we've seen that happen so many times. Yes. Teams playing back-to-backs or four games in, in five nights, and they say, well, our guys aren't playing. Yeah. And we're not even going to bring them along. Mm-hmm. Now, what can the NBA do, then, to combat that? Because you can't take away the power of the coach and the GM and the organization. To say, I agree. You, you can't do this. I agree. You can't do it. Do you say that your guys at least have to show up, though? You know, or, if, or at least be on the bench. If you're going to rest them and say that, hey, we're going to require you to have them sign autographs for a half hour, hour before the game. You oh, know, I see to what do you're something okay. for the fans that did pay to see those guys. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to see them play in the game. Is that a thought that could work? I don't. I, I'm, I'm just throwing it out. I there. don't know. I don't know if they could write that. It would have to be in the collective bargaining right, agreement. Right. You know that. And I don't think the NBA collective bargaining agreement's up for a few more seasons. But this is. This is something that they are going to have to take a look at. And the reason I bring this up is is because Miami and, and the Pacers, the Pacers play tonight and Miami plays tonight. Miami's only way in to the playoffs is if they win and either the Pacers or the Bulls lose, then they get in. And the Pacers are playing this evening as well. So Miami A has to win their game tonight and then hope that something happens and somebody 
gets beat. That's that. That's the only way you can you can look at it. Uh, it, it it's it's just a bad taste in the mouth if you're a fan. Is that fair, Nick? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Looking at the point spread for yeah. What do you got, tonight. kid? Indiana's favored by thirteen. Yep. Uh, Boston's favored by fourteen. Yep. Let's see some other ones. Miami's favored by eleven over Washington. Yeah. The Bulls. Bulls favored by fourteen. Yeah. Uh, what other one matters? Uh, well, Utah that's, and the Clippers are fighting for home court. Yeah, they're hiding. For, yeah, that's but a home court the Clippers are game. favored by 15 and a half. So, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're talking huge point spreads here because yes. of, of what you And mentioned. you don't see that in NBA games. No, and, and these are teams that really do have something to play for as right. opposed to the other side. Right. And they just don't care. Well, yeah. Nick, you're a T-Wolves fan. Correct. So uh, I've been watching more and more after the NCAA gets over, and I watched them towards the end of the year, watched a lot last night. Lose to Oklahoma City. Um, another tight loss. And boy, yep. they've had a ton of they have. Are you Are you confident in, in Tibbs getting this thing done? Uh, he's wearing the guys out. A lot of minutes, the same mm-hmm. negatives that were there when he was in Chicago. Are you still on the bandwagon that this team can win 45 games next year and be a playoff team? He's still in maybe another year away. Yeah, you know, I've been kind of teetering back and forth with this thought for the entirety of the season, as you know, I do write for a Timberwolves mm-hmm. blog, so I, I yeah, shout it out. To, what, what, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay. Dunking what? with Dunking with Wolves is the site that I write for. Um, we just released our uh, <clears throat> our uh, end of year team awards, yeah, and uh, fun little fun little blurb we got. If you want to, if you care about the NBA like two of the three of us do in, in this room right now. I care. Uh, go ahead and does. check it out. He likes it. Don't, uh, don't let him fool you. Yeah. the middle of April. That's, that's it. He likes it. Yeah. Yep. Um, time. See, I, he jumps on now for yes. basketball. I jump on about August for baseball. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. that's how we work. Jimmy B's weird that way. <laughs> what are we going to talk about in July, Jimmy B? Uh, tennis. <laughs> We're not talking about tennis. Swimming. Yeah, yeah swimming. That, that'll really that'll bump up the ratings. <laughs> the Cubs Come will here be, for three hours. The Cubs will be 20, 20 games in front by then, and we'll be going. Oh my God! Well, the good thing is that there's more than just the Cubs around. That's here. true. Got the Twins. Yep. Got the Royals. Got the Cardinals. Yep. Maybe the Brewers or White Sox if uh, it's a good year. We have other things to talk about. You can't just shut out baseball. No, yeah, I'm not doing that. You're talking to a baseball guy. Right I listen. Here. I know that the guy. What he plays left out. <laughs> <laughs> so, for D, he's got a wrist injury. Yeah, what? Nick's on the DL. I'm on the IR right oh, now. Oh, get out! Are you serious? Yeah, I sprained so my wrist last tra- week. You're not traveling with the team, then you're just like the NBA guys. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. I am. I'm a hypocrite. Sorry, guys. I know none of you are listening on the bus, but <laughs> that's great. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, D Mac baseball, uh, one of your former teammates doing some good work over at the University of Iowa. Jake Adams, one of the top hitters in baseball in terms of power production. Big kid from South Dakota. He certainly looks the part. He's a monster of a man. And uh, what's he got, 13 homers, something like that? Yeah, I believe so. He is, uh, he's raking up there. You've, you've seen a lot of guys that have gone on and done some good things. Uh, I want to ask you about a couple of your teammates. I was looking at the roster the other day. Sure. And uh, remember, and I called a lot of these guys as high school baseball games. Mm, but you did. Malik Morris, he would be he be your guys as one? He is our number two. Number two. He is our second to go on Saturday. He's your Saturday pitcher. Yep. Boy, I loved watching him at Waukee. Uh, he is dynamic. Yeah. Is uh, he getting some D1 looks, do you know? Um, He hasn't yet, although, you know, not. Oh, we're right in the middle of the year right now. Mm-hmm. 
a lot, you know, a lot of those D1 schools, they're also right in the middle of the year. We, there was a lot more of that going on, obviously, in the fall. Right. We do have a couple guys that are getting some D1 looks. As far as Malik goes, I, I don't know that he's had any yet, mm-hmm. but he also is pretty quiet. Yeah. So if he could be getting showered with looks, and I don't think anyone would We'd know. know. Yeah. One of those kind of guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and baseball's so interesting. You know, for the most part, when we, we talk about collegiate sports here, it's about football and basketball. Yeah. And when you get to the side of baseball, it is scholarship limits. So it's very rare that you see guys that get full rides. I mean, it's incredibly rare that you see that in baseball, a guy get a full ride. So it's about partial scholarships. On top of it, the D1 programs, they got to see out of their group the guys that are juniors, who's going to leave, who's going to come back, what kind of scholarship money. So I'm sure the process for the guys down at the JUCO level, it takes a while, and it's probably got to be a little bit frustrating. I mean, you've seen guys that have moved on, and and they have, it seems like, oh, it looks like this guy's coming. Oh, no, he's not. I mean, you hear those stories all the time because money becomes available at a different program. Money isn't available suddenly because a guy decides to come back for a senior year that wasn't expected. You know, those kind of things happen. And, and for the guys at the junior college level, it's got to be a bit frustrating. Yeah, well, look at Jake Adams last year was originally committed to the University of North Dakota. And mm-hmm. two weeks later, their program gets <laughs> gets the boot. Yeah. And uh, so, that I mean, I know that was really frustrating for him. And he, I believe he had a pretty wealthy scholarship to mm-hmm. go to UND as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, went on visits. Even after, you know, that whole debacle with North Dakota happened, he he didn't really get a whole lot of other looks. Yeah. Um, and Iowa kind of came in at the 11th hour. It was right at the end of the year. I know. I don't even know that he committed during the season. I know Coach Heller came to our conference tournament and watched him mm-hmm. um, in a couple of our games. And uh, I know that whole process for him was really frustrating, you know, get, going from having a, a huge scholarship and not having to worry to all of a sudden you're back at square one. Right. And uh, he ended up at Iowa, and not a big scholarship. I don't know what exactly the percentage is. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, look at him now. He's, yeah. He's crushing He's the crushing ball. everything. <laughs> yeah, all of our guys will get on Twitter at, after the game, and we, uh, Iowa baseball, Adams hits another home run. And it's <laughs> like, oh. No, another day, another home run. Was so. he was he mashing like that at DMAC too? Oh yeah, okay. oh yeah. and and we play on some pretty suspect fields oh. as well. <laughs> Fair enough. And yeah. uh, so I know there were a few times last year where he'd just one hand a ball out of the park. He just he, he has so much raw power. Uh-huh. It's really really incredible to watch. You got Fetters over there, uh, Southeast Polk. <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, boy, that that kid, it's it's funky. But he gets the job done. He is actually my uh, my roommate on the road in oh, yeah? hotels, so he's uh, he's uh, he's my bed buddy. So I like to. <laughs> oh boy, that's uh, we, uh, it's a little that's a little, a little TMI. Too much, too much yeah, a little TMI that, there. I I have to take a little bit of credit for his success. Oh, so good, good. That's, that's that's good to hear. I'm sure I, I'm I sure you are since there. your bed buddy. Bleak <laughs> <laughs> Moore, a couple other walkie guys over there. Was it Fagan and who else? We have Fagan. We have Nick Moffat Nick as well. Moffitt, that's who I was thinking yeah. about. So. Yeah, a lot of good local yeah. kids doing some good things at DMAC and hope uh, a lot of those guys have a chance to play uh, up a level then next year or the next two years. Oh, yeah, they definitely should. I know I know. Luke has been getting some D1 looks. Nick Moffitt has taken a couple visits to some D1s. I know just last week he was at uh, Nebraska-Omaha. Mm-hmm. So I, I would be surprised. Now, these guys play on. one year or are they playing two years? Nope, they're two-year guys. Okay. Actually, Luke is a three-year guy. He, he committed um, and w- attended Northern Colorado okay. out of high school. And uh, 
I'm not sure if it was, I'm not sure what happened, if it was just the program he didn't like or what was going on, but he ended up coming back to DMAC, redshirted his freshman year. Right. And then played last year in center, won a gold glove, and now this year he's performing very well. Well, again. and another thing I think that people maybe don't realize about junior college baseball is if you go out of high school to a Division One program, you're locked in then for three years. You're not draft eligible until after your junior season. If you do go the junior college route, though, you're able to be drafted out of your junior college. Right. So you can go there for two years, then be drafted out of that. And and that's why I see a lot of elite talent. Bryce Harper mm-hmm. was a junior college player. He was. He played, I think, at 17, went and played junior yeah. college baseball. Yeah. I mean, we're talking ridiculous level. But uh, you guys see some high, high-end talent there at the junior college ranks. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's one guy in particular. His name's Anderson DeLeon, uh, Iowa Central. He's... We've been kind of reading up on him. We played them in a couple weeks, and he's been hitting 95, 96 on the gun. Ton of movement. He crushed us last year. Um, you know, we had a we had a good team too. Mm-hmm. A lot of D one guys, and he he just, just lit you up. He huh? shredded us. He yeah. made, it, uh, the how I have always put it is that he made the mound look like it was forty feet from home plate. Wow. I mean, it just live arm, a lot of movement. Fun to watch, yeah, uh, but <laughs> not fun to hit. But, uh, you, not were, fun to hit. Did you? Uh, did were you watching a lot when you were in the batter's box? Uh, yeah, it, it just went flying right by. Oh uh, yeah, you strike one. You don't see it. Two. You don't see it. But, Take a seat. But we, I mean, we have guys too that obviously we have a couple of DMAC guys that have been drafted. Scott Shebler, most notably, yeah. is up in the majors right now. He was drafted right wow. out of DMAC. Wow. Um, and uh, Roman Collins right now, another guy that he, I guess he wasn't drafted out of DMAC, but he's up in, in uh, I think, double A now. Um, so, I mean, you see plenty of talent. It's yeah. Yeah. it's not a bunch of guys that, you know, just are but, not good enough to play D1. Maybe right. it's a money thing. Maybe it's a development thing. Sure. Baseball is a tough game. You know, the guys that play at those high levels, even Division One, they are talented. It's the most difficult thing to do is hit a baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can shoot baskets, right? And we can throw the football and catch the football. You go to the batting cage; it's different. And, and, and if you th- haven't done it in a while, yeah, and turn that sucker up at yeah. ninety. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> Woo! Hello. <laughs> it is tough. <laughs> I always start at about sixty. That's good for you. Yeah, yeah. And then I, and then once I feel confident, I go to sixty-two. Yeah, yeah. Bump I'm, bom- I'm bombing it then. I doubt it. <laughs> you could hit it over a softball field fence. <laughs> Vic, we are out of time. Good talking with you again. Yeah, man. It's good, yeah. it's good to see you. you. Look in great shape, despite the fact you're uh, on IR. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in season, so I'm actually probably in the worst shape right now. We eat a lot of bad food on the road. Yeah. But uh, thank you guys. Thank you for that, having me. That I meal ticket isn't, isn't what they say <laughs> sometimes. That is a difference there between junior college and yeah, the Yeah, right you got that there. right. Yep. Not, not throwing down that steak. No, no, well, they that. say it's steak, but it's probably cat. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> With that, Jimmy B, we're yeah. out of time, my man. We are. we got to get out of here. You want to do this again tomorrow at noon? Yeah, let's be here. All right. All right, I'll try to be on time. That'll be a good Which thing. was always, it's difficult for me. I'm, I'm, hit or miss. I, I set the alarm. The alarm right. went off. I hit it. It went off at like 1130. I went back to sleep. <laughs> snoozing. So I hit the snooze button. All right, we're done. CBS Radio is next.